Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. God's doing something so great right now, and I'm very encouraged about it. And at the same time, I'm looking for what God's got here. Do you understand what I'm saying? So whenever God begins to move, what you want to do is you recognize that God's moving. You recognize that what God's doing, what God's doing, but you also have to go, but what does God want me to do? Do you see what I mean? So everybody's talking about the move of God in Asbury. Y'all know what happened. I forgot how long it's been now. Many, many days where there was a chapel service and um, somebody preached and chapel service was over. And a, a few ch- kids stayed behind and began to worship the Lord, and God began to show up. And now it's been it's been like uh, what almost like two weeks almost. Uh, they're still there, and it it filled up. And Asbury's like a little school, and and so it filled up the sanctuary, filled up the balcony, and now they have two other two other auditoriums on campus that are being filled up. Think about that from. Uh, and it was a group of children, children, a group of young people that just began to praise the Lord and worship after the chapel service. Somebody here this morning, I was just saying, so who's leading that? I'm like, nobody's leading it. Nobody's leading it. There's, there's no preacher leading it. It just happened because kids started there worshiping and God began to show up. And so um, people started hearing about it and they started coming from a handful of people. Now listen, guys, they're disorganized. There's no organization to this thing. God is just beginning to do something. Isn't that, it's just really phenomenal. And people are starting to come, and people are getting touched by it. People who, who don't even know God are beginning to show up out of curiosity. Um, there's repentance happening. People are repenting. They're coming up front. People are feeling love. They're getting... I mean, it's something God that God's just doing way outside the borders of what we would think. And you see, I tell you, we look at man and we go, oh, we got to do this. Or, you know, you have to do this if you want this to happen. You got to do this. Well, God can go beyond all of those things and do what he wants to do if he just has the people that are be willing to flow with him and get out of his way. Watch what he's doing and be a part of that. Amen? Amen. So, anyway, a lot of people have been have been um, just looking at this and going, is, is, is this the revival that everybody keeps hearing God's getting ready to do? Um, you know, you've got this, oh, some of these words from that God's been showing people through their prayer time over the years of a great revival to come. Some people have had some great experiences showing them a great revival to come. Dutch Sheets has had um, an open vision many years ago. Uh, I don't know if you know what an open vision is. I don't want to get into that, but I've never had one. I've had visions. I've had. I've never had what we call an open vision. It's that clear of a vision. And he had one one time, and, and it was about um, 30 or 40 minutes long, and it was about campus students uh, beginning to get saved. And he said it was so out of the ordinary, and these are people that knew nothing. There was no structure. And he said he stopped and he was doing, he had an open vision in the middle of a message and he stopped and he looked at other people, other leaders, and he goes, this is going to be extremely challenging because we're not going to know what to do when it happens because we're going to go, how do you disciple these people? How do you help them grow? They have, they don't, they're not connected to churches. They don't know anything about anything. They don't like the religious systems 
that had been in place, and they don't even care about that. He said, so we're going to have to be so close to God, you know, to, to know what to do. And I, and I heard another man, and I was just really enjoying the, the ministry, the, what this guy was saying. He, he said he used to be at Asbury for years, and he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a move of God there. And um, anyway, he goes, he goes all across America, people that are wanting to hear God are going, God, we just don't know anything anymore. We don't know how to disciple anymore. We don't know how to build churches anymore. We don't know how to do anything anymore. He says, God is shaking things so much that we're just having to come back to God and say, God, you're going to have to do something now because we don't know anything. And, and that's exactly the kind of thing that God's been telling people over the years is going to be happening and that we've been experiencing, we've been talking about here. Now it's like it's happening at a larger scale and God is moving beyond what we thought. Amen? We're right where we need to be, which is like not knowing where we are. You're not even knowing where we are because God is going to be the one that leads us to where we need to be. And the only way we're going to be able to get there is be completely dependent upon him and recognize we don't know where we're going. Only God knows where we're going. and We're going to have to keep our eyes on him. Amen. Amen. One of the things that, that Dutch said started with his vision while he's preaching. He said a big finger wrote Acts 3.19 on the wall. And he's watching this while he's preaching. And it's an open vision. It's not like a subtle, I'm seeing this. An open vision, it's like it's super clear, like you're watching it on a TV screen. So, so he sees this Acts 3.19, and it starts flashing anyway. And what that's talking about is times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. And see, I believe, I do believe, there are going to be times of refreshing that come from outpourings of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And maybe I'm going to talk about this later. We talked about it this morning in our worship time. The presence of God is so important for you to begin to acknowledge and recognize and understand and flow with. This morning, we were learning about that in our praise and worship time, how to flow with the prophetic, how to, how to hear, you know, because as God begins to descend, we have to sort of pay attention to that. So on one hand, we've, we've seen God with our, with our minds, with our hearts. And on the other hand, we're acknowledging the sensing of the presence of God. Is it increasing? You, you see what I'm saying? Don't grieve the Spirit. That means don't do something wrong. And don't quench the Spirit. That means when God begins to flow, don't do something that causes Him, causes him to diminish. Amen? That's talking about presence right there. And that requires people to be spiritual, to learn not to quench something that God is doing. You can't just be mental. God, we are very multidimensional. And if you're only mental about your, your faith, you're going to miss out on how to follow God, how to hear God, and how, and how to flow with God. You've got to be multidimensional because God made you that way. It's a big mystery. It's a big mystery. You know, God created celestial beings. We think that's better, right? And we're lower in a sense, in some way. But he's created us natural and spiritual. You, you see, what a dynamic. So we bring those two things together. We infuse our natural life with the Word of God. We change and transform our minds with the Word of God. 
we are walking in faith, and we're also spiritual. We're walking with God with us, and he interjects his word. He gives us specific words sometimes. He gives us things we need to hear, and that's necessary. We need the natural. We need the word of God. We need the understanding of the word of God to direct us, and we need the Holy Spirit to direct us as well. I mean, it's amazing how God has created us. And I want to encourage you today, go past just being the natural you and learn how to develop the spiritual part. And I'm not talking about the new age spirituality. That will get you so off course. It's a counterfeit. It will do nothing but mess you up. It will not lead you into the things of God. All these false spiritual things, you know, and um, fortune tellers and whatnot, all that is, that's counterfeit God. Counterfeit God. It will make your life up, and it will put demonic activity in your life. It promises good, and it brings bondage later, and then you have to get free from it. I just want to encourage you in that, because the spiritual world is very real. Some people are very aware of that. The, the irony of it is, many times it's the, it's the people in the wrong realm that are aware of it. And a lot of spiritual people, or people who are born again, are completely oblivious to the spiritual world. That is backwards. People of God should be the ones who know the spiritual world more than anybody. And some of us are the ones, oh, don't go there. No, go there. You're made to be spiritual. But don't, you better go in the right direction. You have to have God in alignment with you, right? Now, the other day, I just, I'm going to share today on restoration, right? Uh, you don't know that. I was going to share on Acts 16 from last week. But this week, I had this encounter with God. I would just call it that. It just started out as something subtle. So on Wednesday, I keep getting this verse. keeps coming in my mind over and over, all throughout the day. And then I'm going, man, why does that verse keep coming to my mind? I wasn't thinking about the verse. I wasn't meditating on the verse. I hadn't read the verse in a long time. And it kept coming to my mind. And so it's Wednesday before prayer meeting, you know, hours before prayer meeting, I, I, get in, I get into this and I start reading it. Now, I read, so I read this passage, man, it just leaps out at me, leaps out at me. I read what's before it, read what's after it, and that's good. But then I go back to this passage and it's like the first three quarters of this verse. Just boom, boom. I just keep reading it and I'm feeding on it. Now, I'm going to read it in just a minute. You're going to go, what is it? But I just want to, to explain this. Sometimes God will bring a verse to you. He will use that verse to tell you something so big. He can use the little verse and highlight something in that verse for you personally. God does that. Amen? So I'm reading this verse, and it's like I'm reading it over, and my spirit is just feeding on it, just feeding on it. I don't even know exactly how to apply it, but I know it's good because it's a good verse, right? Anyway, this is the verse. It's in Joel 2, 25, and I'll encourage you to write this down because I believe this is a word from God that each one of us needs to, I just, and I'm just telling you, this is, I believe from the Lord right now what I'm telling you. You need to write this down and you need to meditate on it and you need to get this in your heart because this is a word of God for you. This is a word for God for this hour. 
This is something that I believe God's not just saying to me. He's saying to us. All right? And this is the word. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. Right? <laughs> Let me read it again. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. Man, that's a lot of stuff going on there, right? Now, I get this word, and I'm going, man, I don't even understand where God's going with that, right? So we have prayer meeting, and I just want to encourage you. You know what? Maybe you just do church on Sunday. I love prayer meetings. I love spiritual things. I love the things of the Holy Spirit. I know today there's, there's so much craziness going around. You know, people are, and so many in the church world put down spiritual things. I love spiritual things. And I believe all of you will love spiritual things once you get past your fear of them. You know, like I remember when I, got, when I got into a church, man, they were speaking in tongues and doing other things. And I was almost afraid because I hadn't. And I hadn't been around that before. But then as I, as I was watching, I'm going, I want that too, right? And I'm going, but I don't know how to do that. Oh, I'm not very spiritual. You know, I don't think I can do that. Isn't that crazy? I'm saying that like as if from my ability, I can. I was going to do it, right? Oh, I'm not like that. I'm very, I, don't, I don't think that could ever happen to me. But I got past that because those are just like barriers. And I, I began to learn to be a spiritual person and I love it. I love it. So we go to prayer meetings, and I remember I remember when we've had prayer meetings, we just pray intensely. This is years and years back, for three hours maybe, four, and, then, and God would begin to move. And I love what God's doing right now because sometimes we'll have a prayer meeting, and sometimes it's a normal prayer meeting, but more and more, it's the, it's, there's a little teaching. The gifts begin to flow. There's, then there's the time to prayer, and then, and then we might stop. And then, and then talk about what God's doing, talk about what God said, and then get back into prayer. And then, and then maybe there's testimonies, and, and then maybe there's some prophetic words. I just love it like that. It's just, it's so fun. And this past week, it was, I just, we had the best prayer meeting. I mean, um, I, that's the way I, I just enjoy it sometimes in particular ways. Anyway, so I shared this word during the prayer meeting at the beginning. When I shared it, just reading this verse, I felt God in it, just like I did earlier when I read it today. I'm going, God is in this word. When I just said that, I just sensed God in this word for today. Listen to it. Okay, so I share this word, and God comes. The presence of God comes when I'm saying it, and everybody begins to come alive in the prayer meeting, as we begin to pray this word. So you know what that's telling me? That word's not just for me. See, I didn't even know. This is interesting. Sometimes you have to step out. I was encouraging somebody this morning, just step out, see where my God might go. I was just thinking, maybe what I got today, since I got it today, maybe it's for the prayer meeting. I didn't know. But I just shared what I got that day. And as I did, boop, it began to bubble out. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Sometimes that's how you discover the Word of God. God began to 
bubble up out of me, prophesy out of me, if you want to say it that way. Well, how did that happen? I just began with a little bit that I had. And I wasn't even sure it was God for that night. But as I gave into it, it began to bubble up and grow. And it began to be life. And everybody ate from it. That's what happens with a prophetic word. It starts with one person often, but when it's given, everybody gets life from it. That's why the Bible says we should all desire to prophesy. Why? Because God gives you something, however you get it, and as you begin to speak it, it bubbles up and brings life to many. So everybody was full of life that night, right? Why? It started out because of a prophetic word. And again, this is how I'm going, hmm, this isn't just for me. This is for the church. This is for our prayer meeting. It's given life to everybody here. Amen? Anyway, so uh, I'm going I'm to be sharing from this today. I'm going to start out with this verse, and then I'm going to move on and go just as far as I can go. Uh, so put your seatbelts on. All right. Let's look at this verse here. He says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. Now I want to mention three things here before we move on. First of all, God says, I will restore. I will restore. If you look throughout all the scriptures, you'll see this is the testimony of God, life after life, Story after story. You see devastation. You see bad situations. And God is the one who restores over and over and over and over. God is the restorer. It's what he does. And I love it. It's the testimony of God everywhere. And I want you to get that in your heart. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how bad things have been. It doesn't matter. Take your eyes off of you. Take your eyes off of what happened. Take your eyes off of how you feel and put your eyes on God. And remember, he is the restorer. And he is saying to you today, I will restore. Amen. 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 Can you say, I will restore this morning? That's the word of God. I will restore. I love that. Now, the second thing he goes that I want to highlight here is he says, I will restore to you, what? The years. If you, look at this, if you look at this passage and apply it to stories in the Bible, it is really amazing. Because people can have things taken, stolen, destroyed over years of time. And then God come. And when he restores, he doesn't just restore that last little thing that happened. He restores what happened over all those years. That's phenomenal. I will restore from all those years. You might go, God, that's a lot. Maybe some of you today are going, God, that's a lot. That's just too much. No, God will restore the years, all the years that have been taken from you. You might go, yeah, but you know what? I think maybe I deserved it. I brought it on myself. Do you know the people in Joel did too? 
They messed up. Because they messed up, they sinned, they got off course. All that happened to them. That's not always why it happens, by the way. I'm just saying, if that's what your mindset is, that's what happened to them too. And God goes, if you turn back to me, because this is what had happened, they turned back to God. They turned back to God and he goes, I'm going to restore. I'm going to bring times of refreshing into your life, into your ministry, into your family. I'm going to restore all those things over all the years, the seasons of devastation that you've been going through. Now, I'm hoping right now you're starting to have things go through your mind. Oh, but this has happened to my family. Oh, this, this, happened, to my, this happened to my finances. This happened to my spiritual life. This, I got into that thing, trouble. I got into this trouble. I hope you're starting to think about all those kinds of things that have happened to you in life over the years. And I'm hoping and trusting that faith is connecting with the word of the Lord by the Holy Spirit today. And you're beginning to believe because believing is the key to receiving what God's got. God wants to bring a blessing. And what does he do? He speaks it out. People believe it and he makes it manifest. God does nothing except that he first speaks it through his prophet. Wow, when God's getting ready to do something, he says it. And then he makes it happen. Isn't that powerful? And then what does he say? He says, he mentions all these locusts. You know, um, another translation tries to categorize this, you know, because here, here, I believe literally it, it, it says that, you know, like, like we read it, swarming locusts, crawling locusts, consuming locusts, chewing locusts. Other ones will say the canker worm, the caterpillar, you know, they're, they're trying to give you a different picture of what it could, he could have been talking about. Now, if you know what locusts do in a swarm of locusts, it's really crazy. You could have a bumper crop. You could be a farmer, have worked so hard to, to make sure your crops are going to do well. You're watering them. You're taking care of them. You're getting the weeds out. You're working so hard. The plants are beginning to grow. You're going to have a great harvest. And then you can have the locusts come through. And I am telling you, in like a day, you can walk outside and they have eaten every single thing that's green. It's gone. Boom, just like that. And then what did he do here? He mentions four different kinds of consumers consuming insects. And I believe what he's doing here, he's saying, life has come at you from so many different angles. There are so many different kinds of devastation that have come to destroy your crops, to destroy your future, to destroy your hope. You start doing something, you start hoping something, and then it comes to nothing. And again, these are the people now that have just turned back to God. God's moved. Let me just say, God loves to bless his children. He doesn't enjoy chastening his children. I can remember spanking my children, and I feel so bad. 
But I just think I have to do it because I feel like if I don't, I'm in an irresponsible father and who knows what they're going to grow up to be like. I told you many times I see parents sometimes with the children somewhere like the grocery store kicking on the floor, you know, because they don't, maybe mom's not buying them the cereal they want or something. And I'm like, you need to take that little boy to the bathroom, you know, Give them an attitude adjustment or something. You can't let them grow up like that. For his sake. Too many people, I think, end up in jail because they didn't have their attitude adjusted. Right? Or they end up with problems at work. Always causing friction. Always having trouble. Always having the attitude, right? Anyway, I don't know how I got off on that. Is that the pet peeve I have? But... But anyway, um, let me get back to these locusts. You can have locusts, you can have disaster coming from so many different angles. And God said, no matter what's happened to you, big or great, no matter what angle it's come from, you turn to me. I want to bless you back. I don't want to chasten. I don't want, I don't want to be disciplining. I don't want to, I'm, I don't like that mode. Because I'm a God that restores. And here he is going, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. Just let that flood over your mind. Where have you had devastation? Where have you had things that didn't work? Where have you had a loss? Where have you had things taken from you? Things that didn't work out? I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. God's the restorer. It's the history of God all throughout the, the scriptures. He's the great restorer. We got so many Bible stories we could look at. Now, if you look, notice Bible stories, what are the what are the purposes of the stories? That and by the way, you know, I, I was thinking when I was thinking about this, how we should learn all the major stories of the Bible. There are not a whole lot of them. There are a lot of stories, but not like a whole lot of stories, right? And in the stories. You learn the testimony of God. It's not just like, oh, what an interesting story. You read these stories, and God teaching you about God in the story. He's prophesying to you in the story. Does that make sense? So whatever God has done in these stories... He's doing, he will do for us. You see, because a prophecy isn't just like um, God's going to do this and it's spoken. You have it in symbols. You have it in the stories. For example, the Passover. Every year, the bull, this bull is killed, right? Or the, you know, the Passover. It's prophesying something that God's going to do. The stories are speaking forth what God is going to do, how God works. And it's like a prophecy for your life if you'll take it. It's a word to you of how God works. Amen? And I'm just going to go through some of the, these big stories. You ought to know these stories up and down, and you ought to let them speak to you over and over. Um, one's the story of Job. What do we always talk about with Job? He's got the what of Job? The patience of Job, right? 
Anyway, you look at Job. This is the man. He was very prosperous in life, super blessed, uh, and is a very godly man. He lost everything. He lost every single thing you could imagine, including his health. The only thing he didn't lose was his wife. <laughs> and that's, and you read the story, you think, that's the one thing probably he'd have been okay with losing. The one thing he wished, Lord, why didn't you take that? She's telling him, curse God. Die. You know, you... Thank you very much. It's very encouraging today. Right? My wife never said that to me, by the way. And if your wife's ever said it to you, could you imagine your, your, your spouse talking to you like that when you're going through a trial? Hmm. Anyway, so, so she's living. He's going through, he's lost everything. He's going through the most miserable situation under this cloud of bad things happening every single day. There's no reprieve. There's, there's no light coming through the, the clouds for him, right? And it says in Job 3.1, he didn't curse God, but it says he did curse the day he was born. Job was going through things so bad he says, I cursed the day I was born. Out of the bitterness of his soul, he says, I wish I had never even been born, that I never even existed. That's pretty intense. That's some intense discouragement, depression, whatever you want to call it, going on with him. I don't know if y'all heard this. Somebody was telling me recently that, you know, the, the level of people contemplating suicide is like one of the highest rates ever, particularly among young people. Um, I think I think that's that's something to contemplate right now. Anyway, um, but if you look at Job's story, now most of the time we focus on his hardship, but Job's story really isn't mostly about hardship. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is God's restoration. Amen. And you know that's the point of the whole story? So maybe you can relate with Job in something that happened in your life. You know, a season or seasons where one negative thing happened, another negative thing happened. You think maybe there's going to be breakthrough and then more news comes negative. And you begin to wonder, is God even real? Do miracles even happen anymore? Does God even get involved with men anymore in their lives? Because if he was getting involved, certainly he would have done something for me by now. And it looks like God is quiet. Right? But you look at the end of the story of Job, which we're skipping a lot of the story to get to the end, to the, this wonderful part. And he says this, Job 42.10, God restored Job's prosperity 
and doubled his possessions. Now that's not the only verse in the Bible where God speaks about, I'm going to double what you lost. But it is a powerful one. You ever hear the word, God's going to give you double for your trouble? Well, there's a verse for it right there, and there's another one too. God will bless you back according to the level that of the negative that's happened to you if you don't give up, if you look to God, right? What happened to Job? What was his key day of turnaround? If you remember the story, Job got in a bad attitude. God, why is this happening to me? God, this isn't fair. God, look, my friends, they're all doing well. And look at me. Look at my friends. They're all telling me, yeah, you're not doing something right. Well, you're not doing, well, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, you see, you're not blessed because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. And he goes, and look, God, every negative thing happens to me. And then what happens? God shows up finally. This thing in him has come to the surface. God shows up and says, Job, do you know everything? No. Am I unjust? No. I'm sorry, God. You're right. And he forgave his friends. And it says when that happened, when that happened, God restored and gave him double. And you know what? God loved to do it. God loved to restore him and give them double. You know, in the book of James, James says this. He says, look at the story of Job and learn the lesson. This is what James said. What lesson? This is what he says. The one, th this is colloquial English here, right? The ones who don't give up are the ones who are blessed. They end up reaping back the restoration, the blessing of the Lord. And he says, look at Job as an example and learn. That's what he's saying. He's saying Job's story of restoration is prophesying over your situation. Do you see that? Learn from it. What God did with Job, that's who God is. He is the restorer. And why I'm so excited about this, not only are we saying God's the restorer, God is speaking this right now. I am restoring. Amen. I am restoring. It's the season of restoration. Amen. It's the new day of restoration. God is doing it. Praise God for that. Now, there's a, there, again, we'll, we'll look at some other stories. David's another great story of restoration. Again, he's another big name in the Bible. His story is a huge story of restoration. Right? So, if you know the story of David, you know David starts out as a young boy. He's serving the Lord. He's having the best time with God. He's praising the Lord. God sees his heart. And he's like, I'm going to bless him and use him, right? 
he he so he gets a special visit from Samuel, the prophet. I mean, there would not been a prophet like Samuel before. And everybody knows Samuel has the word of the Lord. And Samuel comes and visits his home. And he gives a word to David. So what happens? He's got a call. He's got a vision. Let me just tell you this. If you're born again, there's a call on your life. There's a purpose. There's a God-given vision for you. You are not a random person just trying to make your way. If that's your mindset, you're at a very human, natural mindset. God gives you a purpose. God gives you vision. God has a call on your life. You don't have to be called to be a preacher to be called. You don't have to be born again to be called. Amen? Because when you give your life to the Lord, He's going to be the director. And He's got a vision for you. He gives David. He speaks this word. David's probably never thought about being king in his life. And here comes this man telling this young boy, you're going to be the king. He planted a vision in his heart. Wow, it's really powerful. Okay, so, so anyway, he's got this vision. He's got a call. It's giving him life. He's, he thinks about what God's called him. He's thinking about it. He begins to go, man, how do you be a good king? How am I, I going to do that? So anyway, God's developing him. He gave him a vision before the thing comes to pass. He puts him in the palace. Man, how did that happen? Only God could have done that. He's learning. He's watching King Saul. He's learning all the good that King Saul's doing. And he's watching what King Saul does and going, hmm, I think I do that differently. Oh, wow. He's learning. You see how God's training him? Man, he's growing. Then he ends up, he marries the king's daughter. Man, this man's being blessed, right? He's got a great name in Israel. He's winning battles. And then guess what? He loses it all. He loses that wife. He loses his status. He loses his position in the king's army. He's called a traitor by the king. He's hunted down like an animal. He has no possessions. He has nothing. He's living in a cave or caves in the wilderness. Now you might just, that might be so removed from you, you don't see how crazy that is. But I just want to say, that's a crazy life. You, you had it all. You were growing. You had a call of God and you lost everything, right? That's exactly what happened. And then he goes to the wilderness after he's lost everything. And what, what can happen? It goes from bad to worse. He ends up with a new family there and new friends and whatever. And then, and then we see this. He comes back home one day to the little place where they're living. He and his band of men. And that it's been burned with fire. They're, everybody's wives and children and daughters and sons, they've all been taken captive. And it said they cried all day long. Here are these warriors. I don't know if I could think of some gruff men. I'm old and I don't watch TV like I should. You know, I want to say Sylvester Stallone, but he's like this now, right? He's still got muscles. He's ha he has to be on steroids, right? <laughs> but whoever the who are the young guys now? Anyway, 
these warriors, maybe today doesn't even have a warrior generation. Isn't that funny? When I was young, what did you watch on TV? Cowboys. You know, cowboy motion pictures all the time. And then we went to like the Rambo kind of thing. And the, and the who's the other guy? Uh, he's about 80 years old now. Um, I call him doing kung fu stuff. Who? No, he's the guy who became a Christian. Oh, they always say he can do more push-ups than everybody else, and he can... Chug Norris, right. You know, so it was the Chug Norris movie, you know, all that kind of thing. Like, And today I'm going, I don't even know if macho is even in anymore. In any way, but it used to be. But these are these macho men. These strong, these are like Chuck Norris men. Like uh, Rocky men. Like Rambo men, right? They're crying. All day long, till they have no more energy. Man, that's got to be embarrassing. I mean, they're really glad social media wasn't around then. They'd been up on video, look at these guys crying. And uh, anyway, at the end of that, what happens? At the end of the day, David goes, they're going to kill me. I can't stay down here. See, he doesn't have a word, but he, but he goes, but God, I'm just telling you right now, you got to get this word in your mind. It's so important. If you want to get rest restored, the word of God's here today. You need to grab hold of the word because that'll pull you out. David begins to go, but God says, he doesn't feel like it, but he knows if he's going to get his breakthrough, he's got to, he's got to go with this. He has, he has to go toward God. So it says he encourages himself and he begins to believe God will give me a breakthrough. God's going to help me. And when he does, when he gets to that place where he goes, God is going to help me. God is going to deliver me. He has the courage to go, God, what do I do? Do I pursue? I want you to think of where he brought himself by Faith in the Word of God. You see, all you need is faith in the Word to get your motor going. And then he goes, God, I believe it. I'll even pursue in this crazy situation. And God says to him, pursue. You're going to overtake him and you're going to, what does he say? Recover. Recover. All. What's that God said? I'm going to restore to you. Now, this is really so powerful. I could preach a whole message on this, but I just want to give you one element. When God said, pursue, oh, and you're going to overtake and recover all, he didn't just mean what he just lost. He said, recover all. Years of all. When David rose up, God didn't just give him his family back and give his men their family back. He didn't just overtake this army of this latest thing. What happened from that day of what God did in his life, at the same time, what was in his way got killed in battle the same day, that same time. Is that not crazy? In other words, what had been happening to David for years 
years of this, years of that. That day, God didn't just restore back that last thing that happened. He began to restore the whole thing. The years of devastation. God wants to restore the years that the locusts, that maladies, whatever's happened to you, all of that God wants to restore back, all back to you. Amen? Amen. And then there's so many other little stories there. And, oh, um, you know, <laughs> Joseph is, of course, a, a powerful story. I know you're familiar with that one. But um, let me just move on here and share some other things. Um, you know, again, uh, let me see what time is it. I have, a, I have enough time for a little bit of Joseph. What happens with Joseph? Joseph, has he got it made? He's got a great life, doesn't he? Joseph has a great life. Uh, his favor, he's got this coat of many colors. Not because he was whatever. He's a dirty lion. He's got this amazing coat. You're walking around with it. You know, he's just feeling like he's on top of the world, not a care in life. He's eating his peanut butter and jelly sandwich, looking for his brothers one day. And it says, I like this. It, it just says the guy watches him going, uh, he looks like he doesn't know where he is or, where he, or what he's doing. I think that that passage is so key to show you where Joseph was. Irresponsible, you know, not paying attention, walking out there. Well, he told me to go find check up on my brothers and make sure they're working. And of course, what do you think his brothers are thinking? But in that day, he lost everything. That's a really sad situation. He lost everything. Um, all the negative began to come on him from that day. He was, you know, uh, rejected by his brothers. He lost his family. He lost his place. He lost his future. And where, where does he end up? He ends up as a slave. I mean, he had so many wrong things happen to him. We could go on and on about all of that. But what happens at the end? I mean, think about this. He's got nobody to represent him in the jail. He's got no help. He's got no friends. He doesn't even have anybody else that speaks Hebrew. He's in a land where he's going to have to learn the language. It, I mean, the depths of, of his despair, I mean, it must have been pretty intense. And he's been there for years. He's in a dungeon where nobody knows where he is. And one day, one day, out of the blue, somebody says, Pharaoh wants to talk to you. He heard you can interpret dreams. And guess what happens by the end of that scenario? Pharaoh goes, I'm going to put you at my right hand. I'm going to put the ring of blessing on you. You're going to have my signet ring. You're going to have the authority over all of Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world. I want you to think about this. In one day, God began to restore years of mess from Joseph's life. You see what I'm saying? Man, there's so many things 
that God's getting ready to do in this hour. And just, I'm going to just mention a few. Um, I believe there's going to be a great restoration in the church. There's no question in my mind, God's going to restore the church. What does it say in the Word of God? It says, as surely as I live, glory of the earth, the glory of the Lord shall fill the earth. How's that going to happen through the people of God? How's that? Where, where are the people of God? They comprise the church. God wants the glory of God to be in the house of God again. It's his plan. He's going to restore the power of God back to the church. Amen. The vision and the purpose of the church is going to be restored. Remember when Jesus was here, he goes, my house shall be a house of prayer. What's he talking about there? Relationship, connecting with God, spirituality, real, real things, the reality of it. He goes, all this fluff, the smoke in the mirrors. God's not, he doesn't hate him, but he likes when that, he hates it when that becomes a substitute. And when he steps into a place, and it's not all about relationship anymore. It's not all about what's important to God anymore. It's about hype. It's about show. It's about the production. It's about the camaraderie. It's about anything else other than what God wants. God's going to change that. He's going to restore what he wants. You remember God, Jesus stepped into history and he, he brought the whip. Let me just say, Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, of relationship, of connecting with God. It's God's vision for the beginning. He's going to restore his vision in the house of God. Amen? Amen. You're going to see the full ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. God poured it out for a reason. I don't care if you don't like it. God likes it, and I like it, and I hope you like it. But God's going to fulfill the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. He says, those that believe, they're going to do what I've done. It's Jesus' plan. Do y'all see that? It's the plan from a long time ago. It's going to come to pass. Amen? Amen. It shall be done. God's going to restore a lot of people to himself that have gotten distracted and gotten off course. So many people have pulled away from the church. They pulled away from God. They're, they're under this gloominess. Again, sometimes if I see something so clear, I feel like everybody ought to see it. But there's such a gloominess in this world. And y'all not see that? It's like an ever-increasing gloominess in our, in our world. And that's why I believe that they say the young people have the higher rate of, of attempted suicide than like we've seen for, for a long time. There's something there. I believe it's spiritual. And I believe a lot of people have left the church. God's going to break that thing, mm -hmm. that force over those people's lives. Mm -hmm. Life's going to come on, and you're going to see them running back into the church. Mm -hmm. You're going to see people that got distracted. They're all doing their own thing now. They don't realize it's because of that force over their lives that they're living like that. God's going to break that, and you're going to see them coming back. Mm -hmm. They're going to be running back to the house. And you're going to see people that have never known God run into the house of God. There's going to be something there. I don't know what the house is going to look like. You know, when we say that, maybe you, you picture a church with a steeple and pews. Maybe church, you fit your, maybe you're in a different model. And you picture a warehouse with, you know, bales of hay on the people. I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to look like. But it might be a whole bunch of houses. I mean, I just don't know what God's going to do. 
But I know this, where God shows up, there's going to be freedom, liberty, and everybody's going to realize God's there because the glory's going to come back. People are going to come back to the house. People, they, they just like to excuse their spirituality. Somehow, you know, the Bible says, Jesus, um, it says in Ezekiel somewhere, my people, they got distracted and scattered on a gloomy day. Think about that. Discouraged, not zealous in their faith. Somehow they start doing every other thing because their faith is so low. Just to say they're serving the Lord. There's another time when all of the army of God, I mean, they weren't even fighting the Lord's battles anymore. And there's, there's a story. Let's see if I wrote this one down somewhere. I don't think I have. Yes, I did. I got it right here. This is, this is so interesting. It says that God's people were hiding. They were, they'd quit fighting. They'd left the army. They deserted. And I'm going, that's today. You see what I'm saying? That's today for many people. And then it says, God did something. And it says, in the midst of that situation, something happened. I'm not going to get into all of that. And it goes, there was a trembling in the camp. I mean, it's talking about a literal trembling. And, and it was in the field, and it was in among the people. It was in the garrison, in the raiders. And it says, and the earthquake. So there was a great trembling. And, and then it says, um, the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle shifted. That's in verse 23 of 1 Samuel 14. The battle shifted. Listen, guys, the battle is getting ready to shift. Amen? Do you see what I'm saying? God is getting ready to shake the heavens. And the battle is getting ready to shift. And things are going to change. And when that shift happens, you're going to see a big restoration. What it's going to look like, I don't know. Everybody's just saying right now, all the people that are following the Lord are saying, we don't know where we're going. We don't know where God's going. Right now, we got to just pay attention and keep our eyes on God because God's getting ready to do something big. And if you've got your pre-set plans, you're going to miss it because <laughs> God hasn't shown us where we're going yet. Anyway, there's so many other little things I would just mention really quickly. God's going to restore those of you who are weak and weary and you felt like giving up. God's done that many times. Jeremiah 31, 25. I will refresh and restore the weary soul and replenish all who are weak. Amen. Those of you who are wounded, rejected, you're weighed down on the inside of your soul. You've had bad things happen. God's going to restore your soul. Amen. He's going to restore your emotions. You Maybe you go, oh, I've been through too much. I've had so many issues of rejection and you don't know what's done to me. I'm telling you, God can do it. God can restore your soul. God's going to restore your dreams and your visions. Things that God put in you, just like he gave David a dream and a vision. He gave David's men a dream and a vision, right? They got crushed one day. They were crying all day long. They had no more energy to go forward. David says, God says pursue. And all of a sudden, those men who'd become crying men all day long, vision came back to them. Their dreams came back to them. God spoke it afresh. And all of a sudden, these men that had been crying became warriors again. What did that? The dream and vision and call of God on their lives. 
You're called to fight, to pursue, to overtake, to overcome. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how bad things get. I don't care how bad things look. My dreams are restored. My vision's restored. We are going to go forward and we're going to fight. God wants to ignite that dream in every single one of you where you don't just go, well, I'm just going through. No, you're not just going through life. You got the dream and the call and the vision of God and you're rising up and you're saying, with God, I can do all things. I am going forward. I'm meant to do this. I'm called to do this. I'm connected with my God. Through God, I shall do mightily. I shall overcome all the works of the enemy. God's going to do that. Amen. Through you, through us. I'm excited about this season. Let me just finish with this right here. We're here less than 30 people for sure. Well, not accounting what's on there, on, online, right? But this little revival that started out was with 30 people. Unorganized, unplanned, not even a leader. Again, I, again, I was just like, hey, who's leading that thing? Like, nobody. He's like, what? Nobody's leading it. They're just there singing and worshiping. People are coming. God will make something out of nothing. Amen? Amen. I thought somebody was putting some kind of background music. <laughs> God's getting ready to do something right now, and he will do something even though it looks like we don't have everything we ought to have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? God loves to do that. Another interesting point I just mentioned, I don't think I mentioned it. There's been like five revivals of sorts over the last about a hundred and some years. Do you know, uh, at the beginning of it, Asbury always had a move of God. What an interesting fact. It's almost like they're the pulps. Why it always started there, I don't know. Father, we want to thank you, Lord God, that you're the restorer. You're restoring our lives. You're restoring our vision. Things that died in us, uh, God, that you spoke, Father, they died just like David had the vision, had a call. But Lord, then he went through that long season that looked like it had to be a miracle. Lord, Joseph had that dream. He had a call. God, and then that long season went by. It just looked like there's no way it could happen. Lord, David's men, uh, Lord, they were called. They had an identity in God, but somehow they missed it. And they left their zeal. They weren't excited about uh, winning anymore. They were miserable in their in their misery and their bad luck, so to speak. But Father, today we just remember, Lord, you've called us to be overcomers. And Lord, today with Joseph, we just want to declare what the devil has meant for evil. What the canker worm, what the locust, what the swarming locust, the chewing locust, all of those locusts and insects and, and consuming things have met against us. God, we just declare you're going to turn it for good. Lord, we declare with your word that you turn all things for good. Is that not a promise of restoration? You turn all things for good for those who love the Lord. All things, even those things you didn't do, even those things that were just the devil, you turn it for good. It doesn't matter how bad it was. Oh my God, we just, we're just amazed at that. And Father, we declare today 
that today is the day of restoration. Lord, and we just read that verse. I just want to finish with this again. Lord, we remember, we just speak out this as if God himself is speaking it to us. I will restore to you. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. God is faithful. God can do it. God wants to do it. He loves to do it. And God's going to do it. Amen. Amen. So God, we thank you for this today. We thank you for your promise. And we thank you. You're going to bring it about. We're not going to do it. You're going to do it. We can't figure it out. You've already got it figured out. We're just looking to you because you said you would do it. So here we are, Lord. We just want to say this morning, I believe. Just tell God this morning. If you're connecting with the Word of God and this is for you, just speak it this morning. I believe it's for everybody, but if you can just witness, man, this is, I need this. God, did, I, this is like a lifeline to me. This is a word for me. Speak it out. I believe, oh God. I believe your word to me today in Jesus' name. Amen.